BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, everyone. You're listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce. We are live at Rivers Casino in Philadelphia. And Joe, the Flyers preseason got underway last night. The Flyers are deep in the camp now. They went through six combined scrimmages, the skating gauntlet of John Tortorella, and now that preseason opener is done with. It wasn't a pretty one for the Flyers, a 6 nothing loss to the Devils. But to me, in my eyes, the overwhelming storyline was that Sean Couturier played. He felt good. Uh, and they, the Flyers saw that all-important all center on the ice. What did you think of Couturier's performance and, and really the game overall? Yeah, I mean, obviously it wasn't a great game for the Flyers. But I, I will say, not only last night's game, but just the whole aura and talking to guys at Media Day last week. And particularly Couturier and Atkinson and this whole idea of rejuvenation of their careers. Um, and starting over, Sean Couturier said when he came back in the building, he felt like he was 18 again um, because a lot of the guys that were there the last time he played aren't there. And, and that's not even that's coaches, that's players, that's everything. And Cam Atkinson said something like to um, to Ashland Sullivan, like something like I'm going to use this to kind of re-energize and rejuvenate my career. Um those are the kind of things that I think everybody involved with the Flyers, the fans, the people that work in the organization, the people that run the organization, that's exactly what you want to hear. You want to hear those kind of things from those two players because they were their absence was a gaping hole for this team last year. And not for the fact that one of them was going to put in 50 goals or anything like that. The veteran leadership, the skill set of both of them, and um, the ability to – you remember like two years ago and three years ago when we would always say when a player, in Couturier's case, when a player would be struggling or would need a like a pick-me-up, play them with Couturier. Well, last year there wasn't that guy. And I, I feel like having all that back and then getting a glimpse of him out there last night um, for the first time in – what, since November of 21, right? December 2021, yeah. Yeah, yeah December. Yeah. Um, it's a sight for sore eyes. Ignore the 6 nothing score. Um, the Flyers had a lot of kids playing in that game. But to see him out there, I mean, well, the Devils had their guys playing. So, I mean, but to see him out there against NHL competition at, game speed, albeit preseason, uh, to me, I don't see how you can look at that as anything but positive. And just kind of the messaging from those two players in particular that the Flyers are going to rely on in their top six. Those two guys are going to be heavily relied on. Um, that is, you know, 
trending upwards, I would say, um, heading into, well, the rest of the preseason and, and, and the season. Um, you can't ask for more. Couturier is very much a face of the organization, and to not have that face, that presence for 21-plus months because of those two back surgeries can, uh, can be damaging uh, for an organization. And we've seen where the Flyers have gone. I'm not saying they're in the place that they are now rebuilding because of Couturier's absence, but uh, he's a vital player, um, a presence. Scott Lawton, a 29-year-old established player, the other day even said that Couturier is a calming presence when he's out there. So for a 29-year-old guy that's now played 10 years here in Philadelphia, for him to feel like this guy calms things down and it makes Lawton feel better, you can only wonder what it does for some of the younger players to see a player of his caliber out there. So, yeah, to me, you put the result out the window. It's the preseason. Would you have liked to have seen a guy score? Absolutely. Would you like it not to be 6 nothing? Sure, but... Um, the Flyers did play a lot of kids. They had only six players with over 100 games of NHL experience on the ice. Um, I don't think it's all that surprising that it got out of hand a little bit. Yeah, I mean, when you look at like the Devils, I, I think the Devils may come out of the East in the Stanley Cup final this year. I think their team's that good. Timo Meyer being added into that lineup, we saw him score last night. I mean, he didn't have to try that hard to get a wide open net, <laughs> yeah. but. Um, they're they're a really good team, and Meyer, Jack Hughes, those guys were playing last night. So the result, yeah. But what you have to keep in mind is there were the Flyers, as you said, had a lot of kids playing. They and and with that comes a lot of guys who haven't played together. So there's a lot of tendencies and chemistry that's not there yet. That's what camps for, and a lot of those guys playing last night probably won't even be on the opening night roster. So when you look at it, I mean, if the Devils didn't do that last night, I would almost be surprised with their guy, like with their big guys playing. Exactly. So, yeah. and, and the Flyers really didn't get a chance to feature any of the forward lines that they've been running in camp for four days. Uh, and a big reason for that was Cam Atkinson did not play, Joe. I thought that was a little concerning. Uh, here's a guy similar to Couturier, missed all of last season with a serious injury to his neck, had surgery, um, is an established forward that's trying to get back out there and feel the game again and prove he can still play. And unfortunately, he was not able to play. If there's any good news that, about his injury, Joe, it's that it's apparently not related to his neck from last year. It's a lower body injury, and he's just dealing with soreness. Doesn't sound concerning in the Flyers' eyes, but... You still wanted to see him out there, and that's a big reason why the lines were kind of shaken up. And as a result, there was just zero chemistry. Guys looked tired. I thought they looked nervous in the opening five, six minutes. Like, you had a lot of kids out there that I think were a little starstruck. Like, wow, we're in the NHL. Uh, the game's playing at a high, high speed. Uh, but And you're playing against a team that has high, high speed players. Right. With, you know, big time seasons on their resumes, you know, prior to now. So it, it's kind of, I mean, it is getting thrown into the fire yeah, and then some, and that's what happened in the first period last night. And it didn't really get better for much of the game. The Atkinson thing, um, it kind of sounds like, okay, this is, this is a guy who hasn't played much in the last year plus, And the, John Tortorella practices maybe caught up to his legs a little bit. So there's nothing he said that it, that leads you to believe 
there's anything to be concerned about. Um, so that said, last week was much of the talking, and then he didn't play. Right. So, but I, I don't, it, I don't think it's time to overreact to that yet. Um, if he starts, if he misses another game, or you know, then maybe you start wondering what's going on. Um, but the 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 not having to do with the neck part is def- definitely the key and um, I, to that situation. And I think with any injury, you have to take the initial diagnosis with a grain of salt because I mean we've seen it with the Flyers before, and I'm not I'm not judging their medical staff or anything. I'm just talking about injuries that like they're unpredictable. Uh, last year, Cam Atkinson was dealing with this neck injury, and uh, from the onset, it was. It's not that serious. We yeah, don't we, think... we thought he was going to play opening night last opening year. Opening night. And he didn't play at all. And he didn't play at all. Yeah. So, like, when they when they have Travis Konechny miss a day of camp because he's a little banged up, um, yes, it is positive that the team is saying it's not serious, but you just never know. So, and uh, it's worth hockey noting. hockey injuries have this vagueness to them. Yeah. The, the, the scale of, uh, you mentioned lower body injury, that could be anything from, right. uh, you know, um, a, a sore foot to you know having someone's leg cut off. Yeah, there's not. That's what they give you. They right. don't offer up much. Some teams do. Some guys do. But generally, the teams don't put out. They put out a blanket statement, and that could be anything from a sore muscle to a broken leg. And and you're. What happens is the media then speculates, and everyone speculates because there's nothing else you can do. Yeah. Until they give you a timeline. And then once you have a timeline, you can kind of figure out what the injury might be. So that's the other part of this. Yeah. Um, They're not really like they don't really love to. And John Tortorella is they don't really love to give you the details in terms of uh, injuries. Right. And we'll see where it goes with camp on Wednesday. There's a couple of skates and a morning skate. Uh, The team plays its second preseason game Wednesday against the Islanders in New York. And I think we'll wait and see if Konechny and Atkinson are on the ice. I'm sure the Flyers are going to treat this with a ton of caution and justifiably so. But uh, those are two important players, and just it really would have been nice to see Atkinson play. Uh, yeah, that I think you have to get some preseason. Yeah, and he said that under his belt. Yeah, he wants to play games. Yeah, so I, I don't think you can go sit him in the pre. It's not like, and I, uh, there's an argument to be made in the NFL that guys look sloppy in the first week or two because they don't play in the preseason. I don't think you can do that in the NHL. There's way too much conditioning involved. And, I mean, we heard this back during, during like, the pandemic. Guys would say, but you have to skate for hockey. It's not like the other sport. Like, you have to be skating. You have to – you can't just take a few weeks off and then get back on the ice. And it, you're – you have to skate to stay at game speed. So, I think it's key for Atkinson to get in. Definitely something yeah. worth following here as uh, we push through it camp in the preseason catch all the sports action and more at rivers casino philadelphia whether it's the money line or the pass line there's something for everyone including a great sports book rivers casino philadelphia philly loves a winner gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER joe uh, a big storyline in camp is can some prospects push their way onto the roster and into the season opening lineup i think a big name is tyson forrester that's the one that everyone has circled 
I believe in house the Flyers really would like to see this kid make their roster. Right right now in camp, he was playing with Noah Cates and Scott Lawton, so that looks like an NHL line. If he's going to make the roster and the lineup, who do you think he has to unseat? Um, and where do you think that you know that competition could go? Well, we've talked about this before in our most guys with the most to lose podcast. And unfortunately, it feels like Wade Allison would be the guy that Forrester could bump off the opening night roster. And I, I think a lot of that has to do with if we know what Forrester brings to the table in terms of offensively, but if he can play a responsible defensive game, I think John Tortorella is going to notice that. And I think he's going to notice that last year, that was a lot of what was lacking about Wade Allison's game was his positioning on the ice in the defensive end seemed to be uh, haphazard is the word I would use to describe in watching him. Um, kind of like maybe he didn't know where he was on the or where he was supposed to be. Um, and I think those are the kind of things that make this coach in particular look elsewhere. And we know he likes Forrester. We know the organization's high on this kid. So I would say Wade Allison would be the most likely candidate. Uh, I don't really know where else they would go um, because I don't think you bring veterans like Paling and Hathaway in here to have them not make the team. Uh, so to me, it's Wade Allison. Yeah, John Tortorella admitted that Wade Allison's in a dogfight for his spot, and he said, do the math. And it's very true. If you do the math and you look at um, the depth chart and projections, really that's like that's the area where Forster can push his way into the lineup. And I really think going back to last season, that's when it started with Tortorella. He was thinking this kid should be on our roster next year unless he shows he, he shouldn't be. I still think Tyson Forster needs to maybe score a goal or stand out in the preseason if he's going to do it. But right now, I think it could be Wade Allison being an extra forward to open the year if everyone stays healthy and Forster being in the season opening lineup. But I do think Forster needs to show some offense and show he deserves it. Well, the thing is, and, and, and I think right now, the thing that's going to get a guy on this roster that is on the, the bubble or whatever you would say is scoring goals. Yeah. The, the team needs to score goals. Yeah. They've had a serious problem scoring goals. Atkinson and Couturier should help that. They need other goal scoring because we remember back a few years ago when Drew was still here, at times the team was very top-heavy, and if they weren't getting it from the top of their lineup, they weren't getting it at all. So for years now, the goal scoring has been a problem, and Tyson Forrester's a guy that has the ability to score goals. He just has to show it, and I think once he shows it, the decision's probably going to be pretty easy to get to have him make this roster. Yeah, and I'm intrigued to see what he does with NHL guys. Last night, I think he played with Morgan Frost, and I think there was a prospect on his line. I can't remember exactly who. It may have been Matt Brown or uh, Ola Lexell. I think in a game soon when he plays with Cates and Lawton or some NHL guys, that'll be the telltale of does he look like he helps them or does he blend in and maybe he needs some more time in the Lehigh Valley. And the reason I think he still needs to do something is because we've seen it in the past. Morgan Frost, the year uh, Kevin Hayes was hurt, and Couturier looked like, or excuse me, Couturier was healthy at that time, but Hayes, I believe, was hurt. And it looked like Frost was, without a doubt, going to uh, make the lineup. But he didn't score in the preseason. He got sent down. Cam York last year looked like he should have been on the roster, but really didn't do much. 
got sent down. So still think the job needs to be won by Forrester. Yeah, uh, for but sure. I would, what I would say is, and obviously the lines were messed up, as you mentioned, because of the guys that were out last night. But the idea that Tortorella played Forrester with Cates and Lawton, we know how he feels about Cates. Maybe his favorite player on the team, yeah. based on the amount of times he talks about him. And Scott Lawton, who was a guy who earned a letter on his jersey and kind of was looked at as the de facto captain last year. Him playing with those two, it's almost like John Tortorella is trying to will this guy into doing something that's going to make the decision easy to put him on the opening night roster, playing him with those two guys. Exactly. They're going to give him a fair shot, a long look, and as they should. Uh, the Flyers have talked about youth and, and, and playing kids and taking strides in the right direction. Tyson Forrester is one of the faces of their youth movement, for sure. Joe on the back end, Emil Andre. Uh, can he push for a spot? Can he crack the lineup? John Tortorella interestingly said, we're going to be young on the back end. Uh, we're going to have some horror shows at night on the back end because we're so young. But they also they look like they have experience right now on the back end. Uh, where could Andre go? Does he have to beat out Igor Zamola or a guy like Sean Walker? What do you say? Well, I, you, I mean, he. I think he has to beat out one of those guys, but I'm not, I'm not certain that – he doesn't have the organization's backing to do so because I think we know the organization's high on Andre. Um, there's a lot of buzz about him. They really like him. He is one of those guys where we talked about this a few co- podcasts back in the summer. They've really invested in developing this kid into an NHL player. Yeah. And um, so I think they're kind of like maybe they are with Forrester. Like they're look, just looking for a reason. Like, give us a reason to have you with the big club. Yeah. And, and I think that's – so I think they're – you don't want to say, like, a team's rooting for a guy over another. But based on the way they've invested in his development, I think that this is a player they view him as a piece of the future and sooner than later. I agree. I think – Ultimately, Andre will probably start with the Phantoms. He doesn't have a ton of AHL experience. Ten games, regular season, three in the playoffs last year. Forrester is in a different spot. He's played with the Phantoms, has a number of games. I think the fl- I think what Tortorella meant with those comments was that they are eventually going to be young on the back end. I think over time throughout the season, they will get younger as, again, they start looking to the future more. Initially, I think they'll start with Zamola and the vets that they have. Um, well, but we, I don't and think we talked be- about it, too, just to – didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. But a few podcasts ago, when we were talking about guys that have stuff to lose, I think you mentioned Zamola as one of them. Yeah. It's time for him to prove it, and it's got to be now. Yeah. Essentially. Um. So, I'm sure the Flyers are hoping they make. They're probably hoping that Andre does start the season with the Phantoms because that means Zamola has we would think made it hard for them to, you know, look in another direction. And if he's going to do that, it's got to be now we've talked about it. It's getting to that point with him. There's certain, there's certain young guys that are at the point where it has to be now. And then there are other guys where they can wait a little longer. I feel like Andre is one of the guys they can wait a little longer, but maybe they don't want to wait that long. They, in their eyes, they don't want to wait that long. So, they're looking for some guys to make decisions hard. Um, that's what 
this that's what a rebuild's all about. It's about who's going to make the decisions hard to, you know, this guy or this guy. Those kind of decisions. You want them to be tough decisions and not easy because that that's your organizational depth and that's what you're striving for at this point in a rebuild. I mean, we're not it's not, you know, hockey anything can happen, but it's not like anybody's going into this season saying um uh, let's get the eight seed or let's, you know, challenge for this or challenge for that. It's about what do we have for this year? What can, what can these guys do this year to springboard into the future and be there when it is time to contend? Yeah, I think uh, Andre would have to absolutely blow the door down and force his hand onto the roster. Um, but if he has just an okay camp, I think they'll have no problem getting him in Lehigh. And I think he'll be the, very much the next guy. Up. Right, and we've seen John Tortorella values those games at Lehigh. Yeah. He values regular season games, and we saw at the end of last year, he values the, these guys playing in big games, playoff games last year. Yeah. I mean, he did it at the expense of them playing in the NHL last year, well, at least in Forrester's case. So um, I, I think that's that's not how every coach in the NHL approaches things. That's how this coach approaches things. So I think we can – read into it a little more than maybe in some other situations. And I thought it was telling that uh, John Torella said that he told Mark Stahl that he's going to have to sit Stahl sometimes. I was like, wow, that's a veteran that he loves, a guy that he's coached for a long time. And this veteran defenseman just played in the Stanley Cup last year, and he told him, you're going to sit sometimes. We'll see if Tortorella follows through on his word there. But that does tell me that Tortorella thinks it's important to play kids on the back end at some point in the season. I don't think it might... I don't think it's going to be super early um, unless some kids show they really deserve it. Uh, but at some point, uh, they do believe that there's an initiative to play younger players, sit some veterans. Uh, that will be something that I think the, fly- the Flyers have to follow through on. Joe, shifting to the most important position on the ice in net, Cal Peterson gives up five goals in that preseason opener. I think a lot of people would agree that it wasn't all on him, but he didn't play great. Uh do you think there could be an interesting battle there between him and Sam Erson? Where, where do you think that could go? I, I don't um, because I think we, John Tortorella has made clear how he feels about Sam Erson. So I, I think Sam Erson is going to be the backup. Okay. I think they brought in Peterson to have depth at the position. Um, not a great showing last night. But again, the defense was a little concerning last night. That would be my other takeaway from last night's game would be I didn't love how the defense looked. Um, to me, slow and Again, lacking that um, they look, cohesion of guys that have yeah. played together. They look tired, too, yeah. and that's no excuse, but this is what happens when you skate them like that and play six scrimmages. Yeah. <laughs> guys will be tired. Uh, yeah. But that's kind of towards his science and madness is uh, he wants to push them and then see how they perform when they're really tired. Yeah, and again, you're playing tired and playing against a really good team Yeah, that had some of their top guys playing last night. Yeah. So, But, yeah, I, I don't see... I don't see Sam Harrison getting pushed much to be much to be the backup goaltender um, during camp. I think Peterson's here for depth, and um, you know I, I don't. Considering how it started, I think you would have to have really uh, have a great rest of the camp and some preseason games to open eyes and really push Sam Harrison. Now that said, we haven't seen Harrison play in a game yet, so. Um, that's another factor. 
Yeah, this is the position battle that I really can't get a read on because I could just, I could really see it being 50-50 going either way. We all know Cal Peterson was part of a cap dump with the Kings. Uh, that's why Peterson and Sean Walker came to the Flyers is the Kings were trying to shed cap, and the Flyers obviously wanted to get you know picks and a prospect. To me, it's like, do you want Sam Harrison sitting behind Carter Hart and maybe not playing as much, but obviously being the future backup and the guy that's going to push Hart? Or do you want him in Lehigh Valley playing games, starting, and really pushing that uh, culture down there? And and Peterson would be a fine kind of like veteran backup, like a guy that's not going to play a lot but can get in there and play. He's making $5 million a season. Do you Are you really going to try to get Peterson to go through waivers to go to Lehigh Valley? I just – I really can't get a good read on it just yet. It's so early. We'll see how guys playing games. But I think if Harrison plays well, yeah, they're going to have a tough decision uh, because we know they view him highly. They signed him to the extension. Uh, but Peterson is a veteran backup that makes money. Um, it would be interesting to see if he goes down the Lehigh Valley uh, and would they, would they want to carry two young goalies uh, on the big club roster where one of them might not be playing a ton. Uh, I think that will be a real interesting storyline to follow. I know it's not the juicy one. It's backup goalie, but one that uh, I really can't get a read on yet. I do think, though, backup goalies are not what they used to be in the NHL. They play a lot more now than than they used to. So um, I I do think that's a factor also. Yeah. Um, So I I think Arison would get a decent amount of playing time. He certainly would not get as much as he would play with the Phantoms. But we know how the coach likes him. So this that'll be one to watch for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Cal Peterson has a lot to prove. I know he wasn't the, the goalie uh, he thinks he can be recently with the Kings, and that was obviously part of why you know he's now with the Flyers now and was a trade candidate for them. But really a lot of storylines to still watch. It's so early in the preseason. Camp feels like it's you know multiple days in because it is. Uh, but the preseason, there's still five more games to go, Joe. And the evaluation, I think, is going to ramp up. And you're going to see some games where the Flyers actually put an NHL-quality lineup out there. And that's where you're going to get a really good read on who's, uh, who's where and who you know needs to take steps to win a job. So plenty to follow here. Uh, we'll have games coming up on NBC Sports Philadelphia. And before you know it, we'll have pre- and post-game live directed yep. and produced by Joe Fordyce. Well, Joe, thank you so much. As always, great seeing you, great chatting with you. A big thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer and guru. And Flyers fans, of course, as always, thank you so much for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we cannot wait to talk to you next time. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.